Relevant content for our members by our members. This is TMC Connect. Rob, where uh, where's the location this week? I'm on assignment in Reno, Nevada. Assignment. Yeah. What's your assignment? I um, relax and write about the mortgage industry. Yeah, let's hope it doesn't become the uh, epicenter of the foreclosure foreclosure movement. So, <laughs> Rich, I um, Rich, do you want to do you want to show the audience your 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 finds? Yeah, I was telling Rob, who we all know is a huge Golden State Warriors and Steph Curry fan and uh, long overdue project of going through some old baseball cards. My 17-year-old son, my girlfriend's 14-year-old son, and pulled out a Steph, the sun glare, Steph Curry rookie card, anywhere between three dollars and $11,000, uh, depending on the condition. Found a couple KD, Kevin Durant rookie cards as well that are not worth quite that much but uh so yeah i got some some teen boys that are in the other room right now feverishly going through boxes of old baseball and football and basketball cards so i'm i'm like i trotted into the garage to get my to get my son robbie's he's he set aside some cards that he thinks i guess are valuable but um you know, I I have my card collection um, from well, here's 1994 prospects. Jason Giambi, mm. Giambi, uh, talk about anyway. And here's Zero. some guy, Brian Urlacher. Yeah, great middle linebacker for the Bears. If it's a rookie card, it might be worth something. If not. This uh, it is a rookie card. Okay. Is he, is he any good? Might be worth a little more to your friend Tracy King Donadio, a local uh, Bears fan, but uh he's a borderline Hall of Fame middle linebacker. Yeah, so uh it 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 brings up like what is what is something worth to somebody and I I told Robbie when he was growing up, I said, you know, if, if you're, I used to throw those things in the spokes of my bicycle and now they're worth a lot of money. But, you know, if you're, you know, if you're starving or you're dying of thirst, you couldn't care less about Steph Curry rookie card, but all you want is a gallon of water or something to eat. So <clears throat> I hope, Rich, I'm going to ask you, we're going way off topic here, but what are you going to do with a Steph Curry? Uh, why, what are you going to do with a Steph Curry rookie card? Well, I think I might get it graded just because of the potential value with cards. Now you can take them to a service and essentially they memorialize the condition through a one to 10 number ranking. The, the creme de la creme is a gem mint 10. So that Curry rookie as a gem mint 10 um, is worth it. One judge saw one just sold for 11 grand. So, but yeah, your broader point, 
the value of something is what somebody is willing to pay for it. If it comes down to houses or baseball cards or NFTs or anything else that doesn't seem like it makes sense to people when you hear that price tag. So, but the pandemic did play a big boost to sports collectibles in general. You know, I think hard, tangible can hold them in your hand assets. Uh, I feel like housing did get a, a boost up in general due to everything that's happened the last few years. Yeah, I, I agree. It's it's interesting how the the savings rate really increased dramatically during COVID because people weren't going to Disneyland and they weren't going to restaurants. And that's one of the reasons why I think you know, the, the, all this talk about recession, you can't, you can't go for a day without the financial press talking about recession, 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 recession. Um, the, the fact of the matter is household balance sheets right now are in pretty good shape. Yeah, we're eating into savings to some extent. We're not saving as much. But I like to think that a lot of families were able to save up some money. And, and yes, that is getting eaten into now with the price of gasoline and the price of energy. But nonetheless, balance sheets are in pretty good shape, and, and a lot of families saved a lot of money due to refinancing when rates were low, just like the government did. So all this talk about a recession, I get tired of all this talk about a recession, but it's important for people to remember that, gee, if we get into a recession, long-term rates, like 30-year rates, may just come down, and then what are you going to do about it? So you know, it's easy to predict things, but... It is, it is really a case study. The whole COVID time period is just going to be a case study for hundreds of years about what people do during a pandemic, uh, both psychologically, socially, and financially. What, what do you do? You tend to, tend to hunker down, and you know, it's helping people now. Anyway, we're, we're digressing. I guess we should be talking about Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac or or uh, down payment assistance programs or something. Some funny comments in the chat about like, I want you guys to talk about something more relevant, like Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, and uh, your friend, Tracy King Donadio said, uh, chat is disabled. Amy Bohr, if you could look into enabling the chat. So this is, you could use the Q and A as well. Um, but she says that Brian Erlacher is now on billboards around Chicago for hair treatment for men. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How was wait a minute? I'm I'm confused. How was she able to say that if the chat room is disabled? But she put it in the Q and A. So which is oh. So Amy or anybody else from Team TMC, if you could open up the chat. Well, let's go ahead and get into it. And Rob, you kind of segued a little bit where we were going to go: recession, not a recession, economic data, trying to make sense of this post-pandemic, if that's what we're in, world, and. Uh, you know, you, so there was a ton of economic data this week. Everybody had their really eyes peeled to the releases in the markets, trying to get some more data points to help make sense of things. Wednesday, we get the biggest inflation number, CPI, expected to be like 8.8% oh, year over year up. It was up 9.1% year over year. You strip out the energy and the volatile stuff. It was a little less higher than expected. Um, so the market sold off on that a little bit more, a, a bearish inflation number. Uh, fast forward to today, we got a PPI number, producer price index that wasn't quite as bad yesterday. And this morning, two very bullish pieces of data, a retail sales number that was much stronger than expected, 
up 1% in June versus May um, versus expectations of an increase of 0.8%. If you strip out gas stations, um, which are seeing a boon right now in revenue, it still was up 0.7% month over month. Um, bars and restaurants, you love to talk about how packed they are, was a, was a big part of the retail sales number being higher this month. Then the University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Report, one that economists really look to, um, the respondents' views, future views on inflation was a little less bad than the previous month. So some positive data stocks are going crazy today. Um, it's a good day for the stock market. And collectively, the market has kind of gone from on Wednesday, CPI data, oh my God, the Fed's going to raise a full a percentage point in late July. To now, it feels like economy still is just chugging along in the face of this, and we could see 75 basis points instead. So you, how'd you make some sense of the economic news this week for us, Rob? Well, Rich, as usual, you are on top of every statistic out there. I know that Victoria Deleuze right now is in, is in visiting California, another TMC member, and I should have warned her about the price of fuel because... Granted, I, I went to a gas station near San Francisco Airport recently and paid $8 a gallon for diesel fuel. And like I said, I should have warned her about the price of gasoline out here. Uh, I'll tell you, the, the fact of the matter is the inflation rate is not slowing down, unfortunately. And there was some talk about the Federal Reserve possibly just talking about future rate increases, overnight Fed funds rate increases would be enough to slow the economy down a little bit. <clears throat> but frankly, I'm not seeing it so much. And especially now in the middle of summer travel season, people are going places and they're, they're saying, oh my gosh, you know, well, airline travel, you know, ticket sales are down a little bit or or uh, ticket prices have moderated a little bit. Maybe they have, maybe they haven't. But the fact of the matter is, Rich, I mean, you still, you still need to buy, you know, Pop-Tarts. I still need to buy pizza. And people are out there spending. And so the inflation numbers suddenly, yeah, you're right. Suddenly they're talking about a 1% Fed funds target increase later this month by the federal uh, federal open market committee which one percent would be really i i i would bet against a full one percent move i'm thinking practically everybody's in the three quarters camp but one percent would really definitely have an impact and what that has done served to do of course is raise short-term rates versus long-term rates and so we have this inverted yield curve where the two-year and the five-year are greater, have a higher yield than the 10-year. And as I've said in the past, an inverted yield curve where short-term rates are higher than longer-term rates, that doesn't cause a recession in itself. But what that indicates is that people are, are thinking that the economy will slow down at some point. Maybe not recessionary, but you know things are going to slow down, and you know things are bound to slow down if inflation keeps up. 
the the big concern I think right now is is sure that's inflation, but what what's it going to matter? What's it going to mean for for builders? What's it going to mean for lenders specifically? And how can lenders take advantage of this, if at all? And fortunately, even though short-term rates have gone up relative to long-term rates, mortgage rates themselves haven't done too much, really. I mean, up a little bit, down a little bit. And so there's some thinking that mortgage rates have plateaued for the time being, in which case we may not even care what short-term rates do. And in fact, if you really want to get convoluted about this, Rich, and I don't know, I'm just, I'm just really bouncing this off the bouncing this off the hummingbird feeder behind me, but the higher short-term rates go, the worse intermediate arm prices look relative to 30-year or even 15-year fixed rate mortgages. And right now, credit unions and banks have a huge advantage on the intermediate arm product, especially when it's much lower than the 30-year fixed rate product. So at some point, if intermediate arm rates start going up relative to 30-year rates, the independent mortgage banker offering might start to look more attractive as time goes on. I'm just throwing that out there. I guess you could. there's all kinds of arguments against that. But the fact of the matter is, lenders are asking themselves, yeah, inflation is one thing. If we get into a recession, that could mean rates will drop in which case a lot of the loans that we're funding now, and we're still funding loans, a lot of those loans might be eligible to be refinanced. But nonetheless, I don't think we want too big of a recession because then it really starts to impact borrower credit, and which is a, which is a whole different set of issues. So yeah, a lot of the inflation data that came out this week has led some people to think that the Fed is going to raise rates, short-term rates, uh, more than previously expected. If they do, so what? If 30-year mortgage rates stay the same, I think as an industry, we'll, we'll kind of shrug and, and keep trying to help borrowers where we can. This is The Rundown with Robin Rich. I'm Rich Swarbinski with the Mortgage Collaborative, joined as always by Rob Crisman. And yeah, Rob, after the CPI data came out Wednesday morning, it was worse than expected. And in the past, you know, in those past few months when we've seen this, uh, mortgage bonds have really sold off. Treasury yields have really spiked and it didn't really this Wednesday. So to me, that was a sign to your point that we could be kind of near this top um, of, of the rate cycle. Rates have subsided a little bit as we've come down into the latter part of the week. And, um, you know, I think one of the things we always talk about is, you know, like Joe consumer, you know, they see headlines about the Federal Reserve and they expect mortgage rates to move lockstep with them as they're thinking about refinancing or buying a house. But, you know, something we talk about in the show all the time is all this stuff is priced into the market well in advance. Fed, there's actually a Fed, Fed funds future market where investors can actually gamble on what the Fed is going to do. If you looked at those markets this week after Wednesday's CPI data, I think at one point there was almost like an 83 or 84% chance of a hundred basis point move priced into those Fed fund futures markets for late July. Now, it's back down to like 30 or 20% off this strong retail sales data. And what it feels like is, you know, you've been hearing recession, recession, impact, but yet you just get number after number after number this morning's retail sales being the latest that people are just spending through it because of a strong labor market. It feels like right now people are bitching about it more and it's, it's, it's causing more pain for people 
Um, but they're still spending. And I think, but I think a big part of that is what you mentioned, the savings rate is very high, right? So people are still spending money right now, but they're having to dip into their savings a little bit to do so. Um, but on the flip side of that, you've got record amounts of home equity people have as well. So I think that is really going to help us. It's good. That's another not talked about factor is I think consumer spending and GDP in general is going to be buoyed by all this equity people have. I am looking into maybe getting an equity loan to do a couple of things around the house. Like went through my local bank, like he said, we're just inundated right now with, with inquiries. So uh, uh We'll get to we'll get to what you're going to do around your house in a second, Rich. But um, yeah, I bought a uh, I bought a necktie at CVS the other day. I didn't know CVS sold neckties, and so they were having a sale. That'll show up in some statistics somewhere that um, you know people are buying neckties. But you're right, the rates are still decent. You're looking at possibly a uh, getting you know, tapping into your home's equity and there is a huge amount of equity. And tomorrow in my commentary, Adam, A-T-T-O-M, they seem to be the the go-to name in terms of foreclosure data. And they, they're seeing a rise in for, foreclosure uh, numbers here recently. I'm going to, I'm going to mention that in my commentary tomorrow, which for me, I, I just don't, I guess, I don't know, call me, call me naive. I just don't see that because to your point, there's a lot of equity out there. Housing prices have done very, very well. And you would think that rather than let the bank foreclose on you, then you'd you'd want to sell it, sell your home rather than just mail in the keys. And it's certainly not the environment that we saw in 2006, 2008, where you had stated income loans that you know you had the the guy cutting your grass making ten dollars an hour suddenly he or she becomes the the owner of a gardening and landscaping company and and states that they make you know twenty thousand dollars a month and buys a house on that inflated income and then suddenly the house of cards collapses and you know the the you know, they just can't make their payments. Here, borrowers continue to be very high quality and there is equity. And so I just don't see some kind of foreclosure tidal wave. And instead I see, you know, underwriters who write to me say, you know, things are, things are still, you know, borrowers are still having to qualify for us to give them a loan and, and the underwriters and a lot of people are happy about that, as am I. It's just a different environment than we were in 14 years ago in terms of the borrowers, in terms of the equity, in terms of the uh, just the whole environment, the economic environment. So I don't see a repeat of where we were. And in fact, I will argue that mortgage companies are coming off an environment where they've made a lot of money. And vendors have made a lot of money over the last couple of years. And to the extent that they've been able to keep and retain those earnings rather than distribute them all to the owners, I think lenders are, yeah, they've, they've, they've come upon some rocky months here, but lenders, I would hope, have, have saved up some money and are in decent shape, just like 
a lot of households have saved up money and are de- in decent shape. So di- totally different environment than we were in in 2008, 2009. Absolutely. And it- you know, I, I think what we're starting to see, right, and there's just a lot of stories out there about like, oh, hey, inventory inventory's up a little bit, uh, supply is up a little bit, but prices aren't coming down. And I think Redfin put out a pretty extensive report this morning saying basically, hey, inventory's up, it's getting healthier. Um, but outside of the cities like the Boise's and the Phoenix's and some of the Florida cities and the Austin's and the Nashville's like outside of those cities that saw crazy pandemic run up in prices. Those are the markets that we're starting to see some price decreases in other markets like Twinsburg, Ohio, Reno, Nevada. um, We're not seeing big price decreases because again, it's, you know, going back to Steph Curry rookie cards and, things of value, the market is what the market is. The market is what people will pay. And right now people want the homes. Yeah. Um, Anders wrote in about the, uh, the, the Loan Depot news in terms of, of what's going on in the current environment. Yeah, that was very interesting news from Loan Depot. I don't think necessarily that Loan Depot is going through anything that other companies, other lenders are are going through as well. The the fact that Loan Depot and United Wholesale and Guild and others, HomePoint, are publicly held companies, they tend to have to report things that privately held large companies don't report. So it was interesting when Loan Depot came out and saying, well, here's our plan going forward and here we're going to have these layoffs and so forth. Uh, I think a lot of companies are continuing to, to have cutbacks, unfortunately. and but the I would like to think I would like to think that a lot of lenders have have gotten a handle on costs and so they've they've trimmed down to the bone and are are hoping that they don't have to go any farther. Loan Depot, some of these large companies, especially with uh, companies that have either direct to consumer or consumer direct, whatever you want to call it, or, or large uh, portfolio retention departments, they may have more room to cut than others. I was talking to uh, a head of capital markets of a builder-owned mortgage company this morning, and this person was telling me that they're they're trying to hire. We're, we're, you know, they're trying to hire not necessarily production people, but ops people because their their particular builder is doing very well. So there are some some good aspects or some some bright aspects uh, in the mortgage environment right now, but Loan Depot uh, or other some of the other larger companies who have some underutilized departments, there's not like a bank that they can transfer those people to the home loan or the uh, home equity department or the the auto loan department or the credit card department. They're kind of stuck. And so with these larger companies, we could see some conti- continued layoffs and certainly we'll continue to see here news about some of the back office things that are going on with better.com this week was in the news or first guarantee was in the news with some of the problems that they've had with broker dealers and margin calls and so forth. So I think there, I think as an industry, we'll continue to hear that news, but I think a lot of companies are in 
better cost shape than they were, say, six months ago. And hopefully that gets them through the summer at least. Yeah, it took a while to get there. I honestly think a lot of it had to do with the whole better.com YouTube firing backlash around the holidays. People are like, I'm not firing nobody uh, right now, um, at least not in any way that could be public. Then, you know, you get into the new year. We joked, all the economists were projecting, oh, you know, purchase time's going to be up and refi's only going to fall off a quarter. And you had some of that spring optimism, like, oh, this is, Last year was a way better year than anybody thought, right? We were thinking about skinny and down the staff last winter and boom, it was the second greatest year ever, maybe the greatest. Uh, so I think there was some of that in the first quarter this year. Now companies are, I mean, think about it. Our industry is going to be down 60 to 65% volume this year versus last year. Think about that. To your point, bank, you can move some people around, credit union. You run a mortgage company, you got 100 employees, 1,000 employees, down 60, 65% volume with lower margins. I mean... Yeah, it's uh, tough. So, Rob, what about this madness in China? Are you following this at all? Uh, the residents in, I think, 22 cities now are banding together to not make their mortgage payments because all these developers are behind. I didn't even know this. I was reading in this a little bit earlier. China's like housing finance system is a lot of ba- essentially construction to permanent loans on apartments. And uh, all these developers are behind and people are just like, screw this. They're running away from their homes like they were in Southern California in 2007. China is a different animal. Uh, China, I know, I know people who still refuse to pay attention to any statistics that come out of China or almost any news that comes out of China. With all those people, it's, it's an immense country with just a huge differences in, in economies, whether you're on the eastern side with Hong Kong, Beijing, uh, or you get farther farther west into some of these tribal dominated areas that you don't know what the heck is going on. So yeah, I mean, let them, let them do whatever, but I haven't really been following that too much. I think uh, that we as a society tend to tend to have slightly different outlook on things than people in China, but who knows, who knows what might happen. I heard you were too busy studying the Biden housing supply plan to focus on the China developments. I'm busy studying this Dante Culpepper rookie card. (laughs) Is he, uh, is he hall of fame bound rich? Culpepper? No, he's a very good offensive coordinator though. Now for somebody, Mike Trout rookie card. I uh, found this one too. Really? Yeah. It's just, you just, just tapped into a gold mine there. Look at this. A LeBron and a LeBron rookie card. I'm still no way. Proper value on this one. But if you see the little sticker and I bought it for 20 bucks, it, that's the sticker still on it. This thing's worth at least 1500 right now. So some, some gold mines out of the. Out of the archives, out of the vault. <laughs> you got you. You definitely trump my Dante Culpepper and uh, who was that Chicago Bear clown? Uh, Brian Urlacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. I guess I got to keep my day job. Whereas Rich, you might want to think about opening up a little card shop there on the corner of Twinsburg. I want your day job. That's what I'm aspiring for. <laughs> <laughs> This is the Rundown with Rob and Rich. I'm Rich Swarbinski with the Mortgage Collaborative, joined as always by Rob Chrisman. Going to keep it a little shorter here this Friday. So just a few minutes left. Any last comments, thoughts, anecdotes, uh, pump them into the chat or the Q&A, and uh, we will 
address. I them. was uh, I was hoping we'd we'd get a hummingbird or two, but uh, they tend to hunker down in the heat of the day. It's going to be it's going to be hot here, as uh, as Mickey Schilling likes to say, hotter than the hinges of hell uh, uh, here today. So I think the hummingbirds are staying away. But I was at an event earlier this week. Uh, with a lot of secondary marketing folks. And I'll tell you that the, the talk right now continues to be what kind of products, capital markets people can find to try to help their originators, help their borrowers. That and the best efforts versus mandatory spread volatility that we've seen, the the value of servicing, how, uh, how, uh, you know, that, that has been fluctuating and, um, you know, uh, Hey Rich, I may have a celebrity here. Hold on. Hold on a second. The surprises never stop coming here on the rundown. Oh, what's, was this Myrtle? Oh, Myrtle. Myrtle hasn't made a show appearance in, uh, quite some time. So Myrtle, Myrtle is waiting for the hummingbird as well, but, uh, how old is Myrtle? She's about 10, about 10, 10 or 11. Yeah, right. the golden anyway, years, right? There you go. She was she made the opening paragraph today. Yeah, I saw that. So. Anyway, we're we're really digressing on this episode. <laughs> I'm glad we don't have a, a co-host or sponsor, which <clears throat> they'd be only talk about, yeah, you know, declining mortgage applications and uh and layoffs for so long. So we're trying to keep it fresh, uh, keep it upbeat, uh, with some baseball card and uh, house cat talk here this week. So a lot of funny anecdotes in the chat. Johnny Manziel, rookie card. That's fellow Browns fan, Dave Conway. Uh, so that's an inside somewhat joke. Uh, Johnny football. Anyway. Uh, all right, Rob, what else? Anything uh, good this weekend on the home front? It looks like for you. And uh, you got a little travel reprieve here in uh, July or no a little travel reprieve, but heading to the uh, Western secondary in Southern California. Okay. Uh, in a little over a week. That's uh, very, very well attended. Are you coming out for that? I'm not. So much going on here. Uh, a lot of travel this spring. So I'll sit that one out. But Jim Park will be there for us. So <laughs> Of course. Yeah. So, um, but uh, yeah. So excellent. Well, I'll keep you posted on my Steph Curry rookie card exploits. And uh, well, all right, Rich, I, I, we'll finish up with that. Let's say, let's say it's worth, Ten thousand dollars. What are you gonna do with it? The kids already in the other room have the money spent, you know. So <laughs> seeing what something's worth and actually getting that amount of money for it is two completely separate things. So yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. It, uh, but I mean, to trade one baseball card for like a very nice, like week long family vacation somewhere, I'm I'm down for that. So oh, there you go. That's to me life experiences versus a piece of cardboard, but. Uh, uh, we'll see what happens. So I, I put that baby in the safe deposit box. I got to do something with it. Yeah. I didn't even know I had it yeah. until a few hours. What's your, uh, what's your address there in Twinsburg, Rick? <laughs> so one, two, three, four, uh, main street, main street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All 
<laughs> All right. Excellent. Well, as always, and in the chat for our live viewers are our podcast links. Please subscribe to our podcast. Uh, it's where the majority of you listen. If you can't make it live, it's easy to listen on the go, you're on the treadmill or whatever you're doing. Um, so and TMC Connect is the name of our podcast. can also obviously find all these episodes of the video on YouTube after we record them live. And then, of course, every Friday live at 3 p.m. Eastern. So thank you very much, as always, for letting us take you into the weekend. And uh, until next Friday, have a great weekend, the rest of the week. And uh, Rob, take care. Adios. Happy trails. Happy trails, guys. Have a good weekend, everyone. For more information about how you can get involved with TMC Connect and witness the power of the network firsthand, please visit us at mortgagecollaborative.com.